No more inappropriate comments or recording. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Zero to Sixty. I'm here in my living room with my best friend, Peter Squicherini. He wouldn't say we're best friends, but I would. So that's all that matters. And we are trying to figure out how we go from zero income all the way to 60K. So Pete's got a great story here. And we just finished an epic dinner, and now we're sitting on my couch, and he's going to tell us all about it. So, Peter, why don't you first talk about who you are, where you're from, and what you look like. Just kidding. No one cares. Um, yeah. Hold the mic. We only, we only have one microphone tonight because our other one broke in. No, no. You hold your own mic. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Name's Peter. Uh, born here in Charlotte. So I've lived here my whole life. I'm... Yeah, a native. I get told that all the time. Um, I have a beard. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. All right. So how did you how did you grow up? Did you grow up in like a poor family, rich family, middle class? What was life like as a boy, Squitcherini? Life was very easy. I guess. I guess we would be middle to upper. I'm not sure. I. At least ever since I was born, it felt like we had everything we needed at all times. Um, my dad, big uh, entrepreneur, so started his own company at some point of my childhood and um, made playing for us. Um, homeschooled, whole way. All right, so that's a bit off the beaten path. Not many people are homeschooled, um, so you're a little abnormal there. Dad was an entrepreneur. Um, that's also a little different. That's some cool, definitely different background than your average, average person. Uh, how many siblings did you have and are you the oldest or youngest? Yeah. Siblings wise, four sisters. I'm fourth out of five kids. So just one sister younger than me. Yeah. All right. And you grew up homeschool. So like what was in a nutshell, what was it like? be in homeschool so I don't want to spend too much time on this because the point of this podcast is to figure out how you got from zero income to 60 but when you were homeschooled you know just tell me a little bit of like what what that life even looks like because I have no clue yeah I think there's a lot of um I think there's a lot of ideas around homeschooling right now I feel like I had a pretty uh a pretty structured homeschool my because my dad has military background so we had a structured household my typical school day was like uh get up clean the room um breakfast at seven with the family and then do uh typical like a subjects of school for uh for the morning so you know english math um, we were learning some other languages like Latin, Greek, stuff like that. Um, and then usually done with school by lunch, have lunch and then all, uh, extracurricular, maybe be outside, maybe going out with, with the family to some type of thing in the afternoon. Um, rinse, repeat. Nice. That's pretty cool. You can get done with school by lunch, uh, but it definitely sounds structured breakfast with the family at seven. That's no joke. Um, so the point here is we're trying to figure out how you got the 60 K. So do you remember your very first time earning cash? Like you did some services or you sold some goods, anything to earn cash? What was the first time you ever got paid for something? So, so I don't think I did anything like mowing lawns or, or anything. I think when I was 12, maybe 13, my dad had already, started his company it company and um he just came up to me and said like let me show you how to do this process on a computer called a wipe and type is what he called it reformat the drive and uh install everything from scratch he said we have a bunch of these to do um when you do one you get 20 bucks and so i did one and got 20 bucks Wow, that's a lot of money. So you're 13 years old. You do a thing called a wipe and type, and you get 20 bucks, like 20 bucks cash? Yeah, 20 bucks in cash. 
All right, that's legit. Okay, so 13-year-old earned 20 bucks cash. How long does it take you to do a wipe and type, and how long did it take you to learn how to do a, this thing you call wipe and type? So I, I would watch my dad a lot while he was at work, I'm thinking, because it did not take a long time to pick up the process. And it was just a bunch of steps. It was all taught to me verbally or just me watching. So picked it up. I mean, you know, after watching a wipe and type, you can do a wipe and type. And I think it takes about an hour to do. But a lot of that is waiting. Like you put the disc in, you're going to have to wait like 20 minutes. And then you got to do a bunch of steps and then you got to wait a little bit, stuff like that. So maybe about an hour total time, maybe an hour and a half with all the loading and then 20 bucks. And what was that feeling like the first time you got 20 bucks cash? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I like. I mean, I liked getting the money for sure. I'm. It was a long time ago. Um, I didn't. I had nothing to spend anything on. I had pretty low. I think pretty low desire and, and ambition. So <laughs> I was. I mean, the twenty bucks would just go in my wallet and then stay there. Forever. <laughs> okay. So low. You said desire and ambition. Low, okay, so low, low ambition here. Um, so you're starting to make some money. So it, are you being like forced into this home IT business, or, or is this just like part of your education? Like it's okay to force you. You're 13 years old. Like I was forced how to do like math problems. This is what we you have to do as a kid. So walk me through. Um, is this? Are you starting to become an employee here? Or are you just randomly doing right wipe and types between, um, you know, your school day? So definitely, my dad had a master plan. Like I, I can see that looking back. Like this was my ramp up to be an employee, and I think the master master plan was take over the company. You know, like in in however many years that was going to be. But this was just. This was like, do more and more wipe and types. Maybe I'll teach you another process skill. You can do that. Do more and more. I mean, I was starting to be able to do wipe and types in parallel. Like, maybe we'll get five computers. I'll be able to do them, you know, all within a short amount of time because there's waiting in between, you know. So I'm doing, at at this point, any wipe and type that comes in. And he taught me, like, some other things. I'm doing those um, as what he would say part of school this was part of my uh my business training my skill training all right so these are all post-lunch activities yeah these are post-lunch activities um and and at some point maybe 14 15 these are even pre-lunch activities all right, so give us a little context. So we started at age 13. You're making 20 bucks per wipe and type. How old are you now? Just so we can, everybody uh, listening can, can gather a little bit of info about who they're talking to. Oh, I'm 25 going on 26 this year. All right, so about roughly 10 years ago. Now, when you were starting this business, when you first learned how to wipe and type, like you articulate it now as like, okay, I just like did a series of tasks. Like anybody could do it. When you were like starting this, was it intriguing to learn how these like machines and computers worked and how you could like interact with pe uh, people or their machines? Or was this all just, you know, I have to do this. I'm ready to just go do something else. You know what? I, I'm now remembering before I was told how to do it. I was, I was in the office like, um, my dad sometimes would play like video games on his computer and I would I would watch him and then at one point he wanted a better machine so so we like built you know the machine from parts like that's kind of like a rite of passage for in technology right you know, build a machine up um, and so I think I was like I really like technology is what I was thinking um, and I know at, and around that time like maybe 11, 12, 13-ish, he, he had also given me some basics of, like, programming as well. Um, so that it, mostly with, I think, the mindset of, like, we can automate some of the work involved in the processes we're doing. So all that put together was, like, um, this stuff's really cool and kind of powerful. Um, 
so yeah, I was trying to kind of soak it up like a sponge, I'd say. All right, so that's intriguing, and and one thing I'm I'm putting together right here is you're one of four siblings, right? One of five. You're four of five, sorry. And they all the the three that preceded you, they all probably maybe worked in the family business. Did they also take you like take a liking or have a natural skill for technology, or were you the first one to really jump on board with that? You're right. They all were part of the business, even. Um, even when I got in it, they were all still part of it. But no, uh, I don't think any of them either liked or got the kind of technical aspect of the job. So they went into like more administrative or financial roles in the company. So where would you say your like, you know, passion or desire for technology came from? Um, and do you think that would have been the field you would have chosen if you weren't kind of spoon-fed this path at age 13 or so? Loaded question. I mean, I think it's hard to tell what I would have what I would have been into, but I know like I've as far back as I can remember, I've always been into like um like secrets and like yeah, logical stuff, um, but but like codes, ciphers, stuff like that. So I know I would get lots and lots of books on codes and ciphers, and then um, and then when my dad started showing me some programming at a very young teen, I remember just trying to implement like codes and ciphers on the computer, and I I loved that, and that's. Um, I feel like I feel like that's kind of where things started to bud, but then I stopped doing that and kind of started working in the more IT and um, uh, IT support and setting up this the stuff for uh, for that business. But I feel like that's where that desire for um, the the creative part of technology maybe started was in that like cryptography type sense. All right, so you're you're 13, 14, 15. Um, what was when did you start working for like more than twenty bucks for a wipe and type? Because the biggest thing we're trying to get in this podcast is like how did how did you make like sixty thousand dollars? Your story is definitely like more unique, but everyone's story is unique. So when did you start getting on like a monthly or hourly paycheck in in this home business slash school slash uh, you know what you're doing? Yeah, for a while it was pay per project, and those were like twenty bucks, ten bucks for this stuff like that. And I think um, maybe f maybe by fifteen, um, had me part time. Had me part time. Um, I'm thinking like ten bucks an hour. I'm thinking ten bucks an hour, like twenty hours a week, maybe. Um, yeah. So you're 15, 16 years old. You're working part-time for 10 bucks an hour. So maybe you're making $10,000 a year. All right, so at 15, you're, you're making some money. We're not at 60 yet. When did you go from um, part-time to you know up to 40 hours a week? It must have been young. I think um, definitely by 16, I was working, I think, 40 hours a week trying to do school as well it may not have been 40 hours I, I feel like I was doing like maybe three days like Monday Wednesday Friday for a while and then they would add in another day my dad wanted me going on site a lot to meet the clients and stuff so I was building up like a, a reputation with a lot of the clients so it was Definitely, I mean, by the time I graduated, I was at 40. But I think throughout my teenage years, I was just upping the hours more and more. All right, so before we get right into full-time, this is the first person, you're the first person I've had on the podcast that's really done an apprenticeship-type style. So what was that like, you know, going on site? I mean, yes, you're a print, like your, um, your dad's teaching you everything, but... Um, what was that like, like going on site or, or being in business as like a 16, 15 year old kid, um, and going out in the professional world? I wasn't, I definitely wasn't a fan of it during, um, 
most of the things that were annoying were just the um, nitpicky things that I just don't like. Like I had to wear khakis every day, you know, and I I hated that. Um, usually because of where I was in my role, I was the one, if we were going on site, you know, to like get under the desk and plug in the wires and dust. It's a dusty job and um, I never really liked being around people. So any on-site stuff was not attractive to me. So yeah, I mean a lot of those years were were sad years. I didn't I I was always trying to get my mom to um kind of make it seem like my school was going to take more should take more attention than the business as the business was taking more and more of my hours. I wanted my school to take more and more hours and I was trying to like play those against each other and I, they didn't have any of that I mean I think there was this unified force of like <laughs> just keep going down the business route I've obviously I learned like a lot of I mean you can learn a lot just literally shadowing some an, an entrepreneur and someone who is very proficient in their skill in this case like IT for so many hours every week I mean just absorb it so as you're diving into this skill, where did where did you find the balance between like I'm passionate about IT, but now this is becoming work? Did you ever find conflict with like your passions and kind of the things that your nature would would make you more prone to do versus now you're forced to be here, not forced, but like now you're you're here, you have to be here and this is your job. You have to show up whether you like it or or not and some tasks have to be done, whether or not they uh, stroke your creative, um, you know, whatever inside your brain. Yeah, good question. Um, let's see. It was um, definitely late teens. I was, I never really saw a way out, but I, by late teens, I was like, I really don't enjoy this work. Um I I was starting I don't know what was going on in my brain but I was starting to go in all these directions like I remember when I would introduce myself I would hate telling people that I was in IT. I thought of it as like a really embarrassing prof- profession. And cuz I th- I felt like it came with a stereotype of like being this um th- like an IT guy. And so I didn't like the stereotype and then I was started telling people um I like, oh, I, I'm in IT, but I hate computers. I remember I would say, I would tell that to people, like, I just hate computers. I, I'm in IT, but I hate computers, which is so weird because um, computers are pretty cool. Um, and then, like, maybe 17-ish, right before graduation, I was thinking, like, I, I would like to get out of the business. I'm just going to go join the military. Like, I just need to not be in IT at all. I don't, I think I didn't really know where I was going to go. Like, what was my, uh, I kind of lost the spark completely at that point. My creative outlet was in music at that point. So I was doing lots of music on the side and trying to figure out what my profession would be if I didn't do IT. I definitely remember that time period in life. I mean, we were just becoming friends and... Peter lightly throws out like he was doing music. He actually released two CDs during that point. Um, CDs that you wrote yourself, like all classical piano CDs. Um, But I definitely remember you wanting to get out and do something besides IT. At one point, it was like your dream to work at Carabas. (laughs) I definitely uh, remember that. And I I remember being very confused by the statement. Um, so the question really was, how did you not quit? Like now you're doing something that pays you money. Looking back, you can see it was a great macro skill to have and it is not slowing down and you had like built a great foundation in it, but how did you not quit and continue to like do that, do those tasks and like get good at that trade, even though you frankly hated it? How did I not quit? Yeah, that, I mean, I think a lot of that's psychological. Like you said, I wanted, I kept having these ideas of like I really missed out on the, uh, on the tough first jobs. 
I always want to, like, I want to work at Starbucks, I want to work at Chick-fil-A, Carabas, you know, I want to be a waiter, you know, I want to work at uh, Costco or something, you know, um, I don't know what that drive was, it's the same drive that I would, I would always tell my family, I really wish we had a push mower, you know, we always had a ride mower, and I felt like I got cheated out of, like, um, some baked-in workout routine, you know, into our weekly lives, it's like, you know, I wanted to get out and actually uh, have like maybe a hard job. I think maybe at the point of uh, 17, 18, I was like um, maybe a little bit bored with IT. You know, we were taking a lot of calls. Anyway, the question was how how did I not quit? Like I said, I think it might, must have been some kind of just psychological block of like I at that point, I think I was probably making like um, – maybe 40k like 20 bucks an hour and after graduation working full-time I think it was like I've never interviewed for a job never gotten a job and this is the only skill I have IT so it was like I felt a little bit locked in there like not a lot of not a lot of ways out yeah, I remember that time when and we would joke about like college and stuff and you were 18-ish years old at this time and you're making 40K and people would ask you like, well, why aren't you going to college? It's like, I already got the job. Like, well, people go to college, like get a job, I already have a job. Like, why would I go to college? Um, and I was always a fan of that because I, you know, didn't necessarily see the hardcore value of college um, other than networking and like people skills. Um so you're you're eighteen ish years old. You're making forty thousand dollars a year. I mean, I guess one of the reasons you didn't leave is because like, there's no real other option. Like you didn't have a clear defined option. If you say I quit one day, like what do you actually go do? Um, but you stopped talking about it. But I want to go back to it just because I'm really fascinated with your mind. As like I I feel like a really true friend, and we've been through a lot together. So like, talk to me more about like why you wanted to push more. It's always been something in your life that you've that you've um, really wanted to do, like have a push mower or, you know, work like a um, a dirty first job or something like that. It's really been, I think, at the core of like forming your own identity instead of, you know, being handed something that you felt like you kind of just came into a, a great life and great job. And like, like you said at the beginning of the podcast, it was easy. So talk to me more about like that drive to invent yourself or find your own way or forge your own path or whatever it is in your head that you meant when you wanted to have a push mower. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. I never really got my thumb on like a good, um, you know, a label for those feelings, but definitely throughout my whole teenage life, I think, you know, I think part of it was everyone I met and I met a lot of people um, in that apprenticeship um, at my first job, they're always so impressed, right? And they always think I have it all, like, so together. And I think I was always feeling a little bit small by that because I didn't feel like I had put any work into anything I had. Like, um, uh, technology had come very naturally to me. It's not like I was you know, hitting the books every day to to really try to grasp uh, networking and, uh, you know, how computers talk to each other, how the internet works, you know, is just all kind of f flowing very organically from um, my, I don't remember my dad ever like teaching me like a concept. It was just like we were talking and we were doing and it's just, it just was learned. And so I just felt, and that's the same way, you know, with um, my music as well, I didn't, um, I never practiced the piano, and yet I was playing great. And, and, um, and that felt crappy too, you know, it felt like, you know, am I, am I just, have I worked a day in my life, is what I kept asking myself, I was so frustrated by it, um. I really just wanted to to be forced to work. I think I think the military was attractive to me because it was like um, here's something that's hard and you can't really get out of it. You know, like go get 
get told to do all these push-ups and stuff, and you really have to work at it. Whereas um, I didn't feel like I had ever developed that kind of self-discipline to work at something until fruition. I can see that, but I also I do remember you you playing you playing a lot of piano. I don't necessarily know the beginning stages of the practice phase, but also I think when work ethic and discipline are ingrained in like an early childhood, it does kind of become part of your nature. So you're able to see that, hey, in order to do something, this is just a series of tasks. Like I need to wake up, do this task, do this one, and then like the job will be complete. Versus. I think if it's not necessarily ingrained in your nature, you have to like, oh man, I have to wake up or I have to wake up early. All right, that's a lot of work. I got to really like get myself psyched up to wake up early. Oh, and then I got to do this task. That's also a ton of work. I got to like do that task and like really sweat through like all these things. Like I think when it's ingrained in you as a child, you just, it's just like part of your nature. So your tests are like test higher than that or challenges higher than that. Um, which I'm sure you've probably encountered, but I, I definitely noticed that in you, like when you set your mind to do something, it was, it's like you already had the wisdom or skills to go do it, um, versus me or, you know, a lot of other people, it was a lot of work to like kind of break through that first barrier when we were trying to accomplish something. Um, but we all have different natures, like certain things definitely come very easy for me and certain things that are very hard for me come very easy for you. Um, but back to the finance part of this podcast. So we're at 40 K you're at 18. Now you're working full time in a job. Do you ever start to like want to make more money or how do you like start to progress to like have your income increase? So there's a tough, like, um, there's a tough, like, uh, argument going on in my head as I am 18, 1920 even I think where we have other employees working for us who are married with kids sometimes and um, I think like they're making like as much as I am and sometimes I'm training them and so there's like this weird you know, weird power dynamic of this kid who's like in charge. So I feel awkward, but I, what was I getting? I was getting at like, um, at some point I was like, well, I, if I'm in charge of these people, I ought to be making more than them. That, that thought definitely crossed my mind. And, um, so I was like, well, if they're making this, I ought to be making at least this, you know, and I, and I don't remember the numbers, but I, I remember thinking like we shouldn't be making the same just because he has a family, which, you know, maybe that's wrong, you know, <laughs> whatever. I, I just had a, a couple of years of experience on him, but, um, yeah, that thought definitely crossed my mind of like, and I, and I, th- and I think I may have asked my dad for a, a raise at that point, like, um. I ought to be making more than this. Um, or that may have been a little bit later. It's all kind of blurring together. But yeah, I definitely, you know, and also as I'm going through my teenage to late teenage, early 20s, I'm in in our family, there's kind of like a, a marry early um, uh, idea. So in my head, I'm thinking like I need to make sure that I'm making enough to support a family potentially like soon it's kind of what i'm thinking like gotta find a girl settle down that's kind of what i'm thinking all right so that's a little different i'll just recap a little bit there so you have a lot of it skills you can do your job like pretty easily day in and day out and the company's growing or just needs some help so they're bringing in people in order to like attract this labor they're having to like pay a certain price and although you have more skills than these people, know more about the business, know more about the tasks that your company has to routinely execute, and you're training these people, they're maybe making more money than you just because you know they're older, have a family, or something like that. And you're like, this doesn't really line up. Like if we're on a merit-based system here. Like my skills are better. I can do more tasks. I can serve more customers. I should be like getting more money. So you're starting to like question you know, your wages and hopefully increase them. But also you mentioned there, like we have a concept of like marrying early. So 
Um, I imagine like homeschool, maybe you're from like a very religious background. Like, was it like most 18 year olds aren't thinking one are not training people at work and are not thinking about marriage. So like, take me through your mind right there. Um, and just like, let's go through that season. Cause it's definitely different than your average American out there. I think part of it is just, there aren't a lot of milestones if you're not going to college and you already have your job I think part of it's like so what's the next thing on the life checklist that society is um, hoisted upon us right so marriage is on there and um, yeah strong religious background homeschooling um, I think there's there's like this uh, this expectation of like well I was definitely brought up like guys and girls can't be friends. So if I'm starting to get friendly with a girl, I'm thinking like, oh, this is serious. Like I I, I need to be ready at all times really to um, talk to her dad. And, you know, this might be this might be the one. So I have to be like I'm always like uh, I'm on my on my guard. You know, like do I do I feel like this girl's my friend? You know, does this Maybe this is my future wife. You know, it's all so serious, especially at 18. So I'm thinking like, I'm thinking at 18, like, wow, I'm already completely marriageable, right? I already have an income that is about as much as this guy who's married with kids. So I'm, I'm, what else do I need? You know, I, um, as all I need is for someone to like me. <laughs> That's all I'm thinking. Like I just need to be put in a social circle such that someone will like me and I'll just marry them immediately. That's what's going through my head. <laughs> all right. So we'll see if we, if we go down that path. Um, but it's a good transition. It's like you're thinking these things, you're seeing some things going on in your business and your income sounds like it's going to start to grow because you're asking the boss, a.k.a. your dad, like if you can make more money. So how does how do those conversations start going? So so I guess we should talk first about the step where it's very clear my dad is is ramping me up to be a maybe potential owner of the company, definitely a part owner of the company while he's still in it. Um I almost went to the military at graduation, didn't, continued working in the business. And at one point, I think he even just said, like, your role now is CTO. Like, CTO, it's a small company. Yeah, anyone could be a CTO eventually. But, like, CTO and then was pushing heavy for, like, um, leadership person skills, and uh, trying to phase me out of day-to-day technical skills. And and when I made that role CTO, my um, income shot up to 60K, I think. Um, I think 60K. Big. It was big money, right? 60K at like 20 years old. Um super shameful about it right I, can't, I don't want to tell any of my friends I'm making this much money I don't want to tell them that I have no living expenses still I'm still living with my parents and they feed me um, but yeah I'm making I'm making like 60k as CTO and then um, and that's when I wanted to back out as soon as it started to be like you should be managing some people and learning those skills I said to my dad, I would not like to be in that role. I'd rather be on the day-to-day technical, let me work more with computers. So I guess got over the I hate computers thing from my teenage years. And so at that point, dropped me back to my previous salary. Actually dropped me below my previous salary (laughs) and and pissed me off um, because I was making much less money for not accepting the big role. Um, that's when I started having those conversations about, like, if this guy's making this much, I should be making this much because they're calling me for help. Wow, that's a that's a lot. That's a big jump. 
we're not even though you got to 60k we're gonna keep going because i i want to get to a 60k that you felt like you earned which i think is a is a job after that so i thought you were gonna tell me like i went and got married to try to like up my income or anything like that but um i guess i guess that didn't happen so dad was saying like hey i want you to take over the family business um you know, I'm going to give you a title for like CTO. You're still probably going to be responsible for all your day task of like helping customers and, and executing, you know, the task of the business. Um, I'm going to give you this title in hopes that like you take over the family business one day and like these people are going to report to you all that. So you were saying like, you know, love the pay increase. Like that's great. No living expenses, no any expenses. Like I remember that time me and you went on like a Kickstarter and we bought like a a towel dryer it was supposed to dry us out of the shower without a towel like it was a huge vacuum cleaner i remember we bought that and it was it was so stupid the company like failed we never even got our stuff (laughs) it was a kickstarter scam it was my first and last kickstarter actually never done one since then but it was fun doing the experience with you if it was gonna fail i'm glad i did it with you um, cause we would talk about these, it was called the body dryer. We would talk about it all the time. We're like, guys, no more towels. We're going to be towelless. Um, so you're kind of going through this stuff at work and then you realize like, I don't really, you know, am stimulated by this whole managing people thing, leading a company. Like I really love solving computer problems or like, you know, working on the machines or, or being like directly with the problems that are that are coming to the business not necessarily like leading people or any like things like that um so income goes up and then comes back down now you're pissed like what happens in your life and work life at the, what's going on right here so right so income is is low i think at this point i might actually be married i think i am married at this point um yeah, it came down. I'm, I'm just now working again day to day. I'm gonna interrupt there for a second, Sue. That's a kind of a big thing. Like I got married, so you obviously stepped into that social setting, learned how to talk to people, met a girl who's your friend, talked to her dad. <laughs> like, give me, give me like thirty seconds. Like, what, what happened there? I was there the whole time, but I want everyone else to hear. Yeah, that's a funny way to say stepped into that social circle because that's what I was thinking was going to happen. As you know, um, the social circle was just Twitter, and um, the Twitter algorithm recommended I follow this girl who happened to be local girl and uh, the sister of somebody that I uh, played the piano for in choir. Um, And then, yeah, I tweeted her a lot and then then texted her a lot. (laughs) And um, and then we we went out a lot, and I did talk to her dad, and and they seemed to like me, and uh, and we got married pretty quickly after that. Um, in the end of uh, at the end of 2014, yeah, we got married. Yeah, you got married December of 2014. I remember that. All right, so 2014. How old are you at that point? I I don't know. I'm tw- I'm gonna be 26 this year. Sure. Yeah. So you're 22 ish at that point, yeah. and you've reached the 60k for like a slight blip in your in your life. And now we're back down. Maybe we're even below 40. I don't know what we're at. But how do we start? What kind of questions you're asking yourself? You seem very frustrated in your career life at this point. What um what are you asking yourself? Are you happy to have a job and like that you don't have to worry about and you can just go be married and like focus on other areas of, of your life? Or are you, do you still have some sort of professional drive to like increase your revenue and get it back to like what it used to be? Cause that was a nice paycheck coming in versus the one you were, you were getting once you got bumped down. Yeah. So I, I'm frustrated because I'm, um, I'm making less money, but I'm doing, you know, I'm doing technology. I'm doing the, my day to day work is all right. Um, but I am, I don't know, I guess I'm starting to branch off into some um, learning, just listening to a lot of podcasts. So I think I think some, maybe just some podcasts were recommending like um, 
a lot more introspection and uh one of the things you know is i started doing just writing down 10 ideas a day you know so uh the guy who had recommended 10 ideas a day said you just do 10 ideas a day on any subject and within six months your entire life will be different and um I don't remember why I started it, but I ended up being that um, one of my ideas was like, you know, some stuff I'd want to learn. And so uh, that's why I started like really kind of phasing out of my job. Like it was a full remote job and I found that I had a lot of extra time during the day between calls, between tasks to just learn. And so it was like if you have time and you have desire to learn, which I had both, it was just like more another opportunity to be a sponge. I had stopped sponging since maybe, you know, 16, 17. I was ready to learn something new. So you've just been kind of coasting. And this is actually a common thread when I talk to a lot of people. And just when they get in there in their job is like if you're doing the same job for multiple years and you've neither ascended the corporate ladder or like gone up in position um but you're just kind of flat you can what a job that used to take you around eight hours a day you can usually get done in about like one to two maybe three to four hours a day and i've experienced that in multiple jobs um and it's not so much that like you're lazy or anything like that it's just you've really figured out how things work and how to do them effectively and you can do your job in about one to two hours, maybe three to four hours a day. So that leaves you with a lot of time. Like for me in my first gig, I, I, I worked um, at an investment firm. And, and after I'd really kind of mastered that job, I just started pounding books for those extra three, three hours a day or in between phone calls or in between things like that. And I just became a sponge and like learned everything about the industry. So now you've got some downtime and it sounds like through some podcasts or self-exploration, now you've got a spark to start learning some stuff. So what did you want to start learning and how did you start doing it? So I don't, I don't know how it came to be, but it just, it came to me that I really wanted to learn or to better learn um, programming again. So I, I had the idea that I'd like to be like a web developer and so I, I just went to the internet, just Googled, like, that, how to be a web developer. And then learning the different, like, there's front end and back end. And I started courses in both, and then I just hated front end. And so I said, like, okay, that's it. I'm going to learn to be a back end web developer. And so I spent a couple hours a day probably learning um, of, the, uh, of my work day. But then also um, I had had a, a kid at that point. And so the kid was not sleeping a lot. And so I would get up and learn a couple hours in the middle of the night, just kind of like rocking my son to sleep. I would be learning on my laptop or my phone, just trying to absorb as much as possible in the shortest amount of time. So that's pretty incredible. You've you've always been good with like time management and like, you know, when you set your mind stuff, you kind of knew what if you wanted to be a web developer, you like Googled like how to be a web developer, it showed you 10 steps, and then you just did the 10 steps. Um, so take me through those first couple of steps. One, it's like really badass you were learning as you're rocking your son to sleep. Like that's a Hallmark card and like an awesome thing at the same time. Um, but walk me through like the courses, like how to be a web developer, like code dot, did it say like take courses at code.org, Udemy, what were those courses? And what like how long did they take and what were they like so yeah it was the stuff always takes me like the to the basics of writing a website like html css and then it usually the course pivots into like making the website more uh, reactive with javascript and then that's when it pivoted for me into like um stuff on the back end like connecting to databases and um the more heavy like logic and stuff of coding so yeah i code.org is one i i went to um this website that i really enjoyed for a while called free code camp which was just a bunch of lessons in coding um with uh quick feedback whether you're getting it or not so 
just went through as much of that as I could. And um, some of it was like, and now the next part is like, you should build a portfolio website. And that's the stuff I just skipped. I just hated it so much. Like to build something that has to look good, it's just not attractive to me. But to, to build something that just has to uh, run well or be um, – um, you know, efficient and clean, like in the back. That's that's what I like doing. I can see that. Like, and I definitely know that you hate front end development, but I've also seen like your passion really ignite when it comes to, like all the back end things. Um, so that's how you learn to be a developer. So your income's still the same. Like, in this podcast, we're trying to get get to sixty k. When did you feel like you had taken enough courses or had really learned a skill to be proficient enough to go either look for another job or start doing something, you know, besides what you're currently doing? So, so right. So after I got through like the free code camp stuff, I was just really wanting to like go deeper and I didn't know how, like I would Google all the time, like, um, I don't even know how I would Google for it. I was just trying to get like advanced JavaScript or advanced this. And I I don't know if from some Medium article, I decided that I was just going to focus on JavaScript or Node on the back end. It's like that was going to be my thing. It said something about a popular language for jobs or something and just popular overall. So I think it started clicking in my mind like if I can potentially become good at this I can either freelance this or I could maybe even get a job as a developer so those wheels had kind of started turning and um, at one point I just kind of got frustrated with learning anymore and just said you know I can't find any more resources to go deeper on this subject I just need to build things so I just started building like little side projects but um, I started learning to code November of um, 2016, and I would kind of gotten burnt out on learning by, like, March. So, not long. It, yeah. So, a few hours a day, you're learning, um, you know, on every, every kind of, like, websites and courses and taking all those things, and you felt like you had, like, understood the basics of the language, you knew where your passion was at, like, back in really gravitated toward like Node.js, things like that. Um, and you really wanted to go deeper. So did you start freelancing? Like, what do you mean when you say you built stuff? Like, I remember you built like a Slack integration to work like and help close some of your work tasks that you're currently doing. But what do you mean like you built stuff? And then when, yeah, just go out with that. Yeah, so as soon as I felt like I had some ideas of what I was doing, I went to my dad, I went to some of the other engineers, um, IT engineers at the company. I was just like, let's, let me see if I can build something for the company. Like, I just need some experience building real things. So I build like little toy projects on the side, but then, so like dad would come up with a, with an idea and be like, it'd be really helpful if this, you know, was automated. It would be really helpful if like this Slack bot existed or something like that. And I would just spend like, you know, a week just building that and, uh, you know, open source, you know, just flying by a seat of my pants, just learning everything I can to get that experience. Yeah. All right. So how many individual things would you say you built during that time? Probably max five things. All right. And when at that, after you built those five things, would you say you were confident enough to go start looking for another job? Yeah. I, I started, I applied to every job that I could find open. All right. And what was that process like? Like two parts. I want to first hear what was the practical um, way of the process. Like what was that like? Like did you go to LinkedIn? Did you go online? Did you print your resume off and just start taking it to people? And then ask a follow-up question on the other side of that. So practically, so like I said, I've never looked for a job before this. I'd never gotten a job before this right I just can been subsumed by the family company so um, first step was just building a resume Google how to write a resume and found some medium article by some developers that this is a great resume so I I had this this like really empty resume right so I've done a couple projects 
have worked at this IT company for years and no education. So it's like a half page and I'm just like spacing it out as much as possible, making my name bigger, you know, um, it's rough. And then the practical side of applying for jobs is I'm going, I'm literally Googling like, like no developer job. And I'm completely, um, don't care about location. I don't even care about working in Charlotte. I'm like, I have to get a developer job. This is my next step is what I'm thinking. So I'm literally like applying in places like Italy, you know, Chicago. I'm just, I'm, guys, I have no idea what the criteria for a worker is. I'm just looking for a callback, you know. And did you ever get that callback? I got, I got two. One of them was, I was not prepared for. One of them was like um, for a senior position. The guy said, um, he emailed me. He said, I, based on your resume, it doesn't look like you have enough experience for this position, but I'm willing to let you do the, the take-home project, and if it looks good, you know, we'll continue talking. And the take-home project was like build build Reddit, you know, and you have 24 hours. And I never built something like that, and so I just freaked out, and I said, yeah, I don't have experience for that. <laughs> and so he just left. And then the other company to call me back was – um, Red Ventures, which is which is a company here in Charlotte, marketing company. All right. So before we get to that interview process, and if that callback went went well, let's go to the other side of the coin. We saw you told us practically like how you got to like applied for a job. You Googled like how to how one how to write a resume, found one, did what they did, made it work for whatever you could make it work with. Um, and then you just start applying stuff from Italy to Chicago to Little Italy to everywhere. Um, but on the other side of that coin, was it psychologically hard to say like your muscles been trained since you were 13 and at this point you're probably 23, 22 ish. Um, maybe old, I don't know, maybe older, younger, whatever. Um, so almost 10 years of doing like, working for like this IT firm, working for the family business, was it, was it emotionally hard to transition away from that? Did you feel like you were letting anyone down? Did you feel like you were allowed to succeed in this way? Like what was that mental and emotional transition like? So inside I was thinking like, like this is my Carabas. Like I'm finally getting my, my first job. So I was feeling like, but I was very, it was all secret. Like, I didn't want, I was very scared to um, tell my dad at any point, like, that I'm even looking for a job. Um, I, did, I did eventually tell him, I think, in uh, the end of March, I said, just so you know, I really like programming. That's, I'd like to go um, find a job that way. Just, I just said, just so you know, but not like a notice or anything. Um so that was a scary, it was just a scary conversation in the living room, just telling him, you know, my big plan isn't to take over, my plan's to get out. And, you know, that's that's disappointing for him, you know, at the time. But, uh, and it was, that was a hard conversation, yeah. So did you feel like you were, like, letting people down? Was it? hard to leave like did you know like if I get an offer like I'm piecing out or was it like did you ever think like you know maybe I'll just stay it's I like the freedom I like the like working one to two hours a day per se like what was that like what was it like being comfortable and then like you're making yourself be uncomfortable yeah that's something I struggle with my whole life that's even something I've struggled with with my the last job I've been in is like this feeling of being in like an incubator and should I leave it's so easy here um is this is this really good or is this not good for my development you know like people would kill to just barely work every day and make a great salary and then I'm thinking like wow I, I would you know I would like to work way harder and and make the same amount of money or even a little bit less is what I'm thinking, you know, and um, that feels weird. That definitely feels weird. I w had just made, like, a really great friendship at my dad's company, and I was thinking, like, um, like I got to take this guy with me somehow because like, I don't want to leave him, but I definitely want to leave the company. 
I was thinking, I definitely want to leave the company. I have to do, I have to go get a development job, a real one. So I was thinking. All right. So this is your Carabas. So let's go back to the practical because we want to really see how you got the 60. Um, Red Ventures, this company, which is a big, big company here in Charlotte, they give you a call back. What's that like? So, yeah, my heart's racing. I see the email. It's like, hey, saw your resume. Let's set up a time for a call. Set up the time for a call. And it's, um, you know, recruiters are just amazingly nice people, right? So it was just like a really friendly conversation about my experience in IT and my experience as an engineer. And she was like, okay, uh, we'll just have you do a, uh, a project to confirm your skill you know that's like a pretty typical thing so that was the that was the next step yeah and so did you do this project did you do it well yeah she said um she said hey we'd like the project back in you know a week you know but she said but most you know most candidates can get it done in like three to five hours and so i was just like sweating bullets like i, I wouldn't click the link you know, because I thought, like, as soon as I click the link, they're going to, like, track the time somehow. And I have to make this appear that it's just three to five hours of my work so that I'm, like, most candidates. Um, being there now, I know, like, nobody cares at all. But <laughs> I don't know where three to five hour things came from. But, you know, I clicked the link eventually, you know, when I was prepared some Friday afternoon. And I was thinking, like... Like, this involves some technology that I've just never really mastered, you know, and it was it was some database schema stuff. And so I, the code part was really easy. So I just wrote some code, and then it was like, you know, I have to figure this database thing. So just for, like, two straight hours, just, like, uh, try to absorb as much database schema stuff as I could so that I could just get out a project where it would look like I'm not at least like not an idiot. Yeah. All right. And this is the beautiful thing about technology. Like if you don't know something, you can Google it. You can like figure it out. Is that kind of what you're doing with this take home project? That's exactly what I'm doing. Um, Googling everything as fast as I can, trying to pick it up as fast as I can, write it as fast as I can. Boom. And then you turn this project in. What happens after that? Um, I turn it in and I turn it in like an idiot I turned in Saturday you know because I started on Friday so I literally spent maybe like five to six hours on it and but I don't know why I turned in Saturday because then I wouldn't hear anything you know she said um she got it on Monday and then they have to review it so it wasn't until like the next Friday that I get the response that the project looks fine we're inviting you on site all right, so that's that's a win. Was that a relief to like get to hear that? Like you didn't fail too bad, it seemed like. Yeah, that was a big relief. Um, and it was gonna be my first, you know, this was my first like on-site interview ever. Um, yeah, I was very nervous. I remember the day before the on-site, I I that's when I told my dad, like, just so you know, I got on-site at this company, so I'm gonna go on site and this is a dad thing but he went ahead and slacked the whole company <laughs> my my current my uh family company and he said Pete's going on site this company he's definitely going to get that job so just be prepared he's probably leaving soon and it was like oh no <laughs> like now I really have to do well you know because I don't want to that'd be so embarrassing like no I actually didn't get the job you know so this is your first ever interview. You're 22-ish, whatever. You've kind of learned a skill from November till March. What what month's the interview in? The interview is end of April. All right, so that's pretty fast. You started learning a skill in November, uh, a developer skill, something people go to like computer science school for, go to college for, learn it started in November, finished kind of in March, and I've got your first interview, on-site interview in April were you this is your first ever interview like like you said this is your carabas this is your chick-fil-a this is your um your military like first job what was like leading up to that interview and then what'd you wear like what was it like walking on the job site what was that first interview like yeah it was dreamy like like especially getting there so i mean i just 
I didn't know what to wear. She said go casual, so I did like, you know, some work, some nice work pants and a button down. Um, I went in and they have a beautiful campus, and I think, I mean, I really fell in love with the campus because it was like, oh wow, this is like a tech company, you know, this isn't like a cubicle company, and so. Yeah, it's like, it's so scary. You know, I, I, I wanted to get there early. I kind of got lost a little bit. I stopped at Dunkin' Donuts for a coffee. The interview was like supposed to start at 9.30. I got there like at 9.30. You know, it was just like, like I was so scared, you know, the whole time. Was, there's so many, you know, variables. You know, it was raining and um so they couldn't give me like the full tour because it would i would have to go outside you know stuff like that and then when you got in the interview what was it like did you do did you do good did you fail yeah their interview process is is like you do a project review and then you do a whiteboard session that was my first whiteboard um it was like an architectural whiteboard and um a lot of companies do whiteboards. Most of them are either like algorithms or architecture. And I did really well on the architectural one. I think I that's all owed to just I know how computers work, you know, from my IT. Yeah. Um, you know, there's some stuff of that whiteboard that I probably could have done way better just with, you know, how I'm going to structure the data and stuff. But just like how things are c- going to communicate comes very naturally because I've had so many years of making things communicate. Um, so yeah, they really loved, they really loved me at the, um, the whole interview. And then I think it was just a day later, maybe two days later before the next weekend, the recruiter called me and said, you know, just so you know, before the weekend starts, we're going to make you an offer on Monday. Just wanted you to know before the weekend. So you don't have to be anxious the whole time. Oh, wow. It's amazing. So you get your first offer and it was really cool to see how you could use your initial computing IT skills and, um, and pass these interviews like ACES whiteboard and session. So you get the offer, like learn the skill, start in November from scratch pretty much and kind of felt like you had mastered it enough to interview in March, get start interviewing in April. And then like you get the job, you get an offer, like we got to get back to like 60 K. Like, is this offer like getting you to 60 K? Yeah. This offer was for 77. Woo! Flew by 60 waved as you passed it. All right. So tell, what was it like to like get that offer for almost like double your salary? Like how did that feel? It was wonderful. It's like, I was thinking to myself when I was interviewing, if they offer me at my current rate or higher, I'm just going to grab it. I'm just accepting it. And that was way above my current rate. Um, yeah, absolutely fantastic. I immediately told my dad, like, I'm leaving. You know, I, here's my two weeks. You know, and it was um, my last day was some early day in May. So literally from November to May is my programming experience besides the stuff, um, you know, when I was 12, you know, just starting off. And yeah, it's amazing that they would hire me, you know, but they believe heavily in learning there at, at that company. So, um, yeah, great feeling, great feeling, especially coming in at that salary was amazing. That's incredible. What a story. And that's the current company you're currently at right now, but you're actually leaving there um, next month and you're going to work at the the world's greatest superpower, Amazon Inc. in Seattle. So, it's um give us just a, a little flash a uh, little news flash to that i'm not going to get into it this podcast because it's zero to 60 but tell us a little bit of where you're at right now and kind of how you progressed yeah i've been so I've been at the company i'm with for almost two years and yep red ventures and um just the past couple months been uh training up my big tech company interview skills, which is much heavier on like algorithms and data structures and kind of got the bug to move out West with my family. So, um, just started applying to jobs out West, um, applied to Amazon. They were, they, they called me back. Same exact process, you know, do a technical phone screen. They invited me on site, do a bunch of on site interviews. They really liked me. And gave me an offer. 
Oh man, Amazon's paying for your whole family to uh to move out to Seattle and relocate and flying everyone out and that's awesome. So you're starting a whole new chapter of your life. I'm gonna miss you here. Um, but you're going out to the West Coast. And I know we'll stay in contact. So that's the story how Peter went from zero to sixty. Um, you know, started at a, a, a home based business. Um kind of progressed, learned a lot of skills there, got up to sixty went way back down and then you pretty much used your skills and discipline and and um you knew how to learn things started googling around in November of 2016 no 15 ish something like that 2015 yeah and then hired by May 2016 as a java developer node developer just back in as a node developer um and now fast forward from there, you passed 60 K pretty easily with that job. And now you're off to Amazon. Any closing thoughts or, you know, let's say you, you made a, not, let's say you did have a friend at that, at your last company that said you like really made friends with, or anybody who's out there who maybe even feels like one, like they were handed like a silver spoon. Maybe you feel like that. Um, or two, just like it's frustrated where they're at or even not frustrated. Just like it's very comfortable being where they're at and like wants to learn a new skill. Like what would you say to someone out, someone out there, any advice, um, you know, that's trying to get from like zero to 60. Mm, did, I mean, the advice is just to, is to learn, right? I think I was given a really good skill set of how to learn. Like you mentioned, that was kind of emphasized growing up, like, like, if you don't know something, here's how you can figure it out, not here's the answer, you know? So, yeah, just if um, – I I was very lucky to be in a position where I had time during the day to learn, but just utilizing as much time as possible to learn the new skill, and then it's not out of the question to uh, to get hired even for a, a relatively newly learned skill. And if anybody wanted to find you or want to, you know, look up, keep up with how you're doing at Amazon, where could they find you online? Or if they wanted to buy one of your classical piano CDs, where could they do that? They can't buy a CD anymore. You could probably find it on Spotify, but don't worry about that. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Pajama Boat. <laughs> nice. All right. So just on Twitter, um, do you have a website or anything like that? Not, not really. <laughs> Okay, I think he probably has an old blog post from back in the day. Um, all right, we'll sign it off. Thanks for coming in, man. It's great to see you. And I know everybody's going to get a lot of value from your story. And I'm excited to interview you about the next chapter soon.